Welcome to this Global Online Kingdom Network. My name is Shepherd Gideon, and this is powered by the Reconciled Kingdoms International. Let's share a word of prayer as we prepare to receive what God has for us today. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless your holy name. We thank you, and we have come with all readiness of heart, being attentive in our souls, for out of your mouth proceeded knowledge and wisdom and it is only from you that we can get the words of life therefore we pray that you quicken us even as you speak to us and let our spirit together with our soul come alive in you in jesus name that we have prayed and everybody will say a mighty amen we bless the name of the lord for how far he's brought us and the Lord has been very gracious, sharing with us many, many um, profound mysteries of the kingdom. And today I begin another teaching. I'm going to do an introduction. And in the subsequent days, we are all going to delve deeper into the heart of the teachings and the message that God has for all of us let's begin so today we'll be looking at a subject that has been captioned kingdom conceptualizations kingdom conceptualizations kingdom conceptualizations i i do not teach based on desires and what I believe should be taught or what shouldn't be taught. I teach by instructions and I teach by commandment. Whatever the Lord commands me to teach on, that is what I come to share with all of us. Whenever God is moving with the people, he ensures that the word that comes to them is timely to meet the seasons within which they find themselves and also the circumstances and the challenges that confronts them. So the word of God always come in direct confrontation with the darkness that is domiciled in a place. The reason why the Lord has asked me to teach on this subject is because of the times in which we are and what he perceives that is shortly going to manifest in the lives of people in these last days the greatest and the most effective weapon that the enemy is going to be using to attack the church even the body of christ is deception deception many many people stand the risk of being deceived i come to teach principles that will immune you and will prevent you from being deceived even in these last times i have had my own fair share of deception and in this kingdom, whatever you are destined to deliver other people from, the requirement is that you must taste a sample of those things. That's why the Bible says, for it was meet for God to make the captain of their salvation perfect by the things that he suffered. So there are things that we have suffered. There are scars that we bear. As Paul would say that, let no man trouble me for I bear in my body the marks of the sufferings of Christ. Some of us, we have been made conformable unto his death. 
and death have worked in us so that life will work in you great men of god suffered deception an example was joshua joshua was deceived and yet god was with him and yet god being with him was not enough to immune him against deception when people came acting as though they had come from a, a far distance and they had disguised themselves and then they asked for the help of joshua and joshua did not inquire from the lord and he quickly entered into a covenant with these people only for him to find out the next day that these people were citizens of the promised land and it pained him greatly another person that was of god that was also deceived is um, the prophet jeremiah jeremiah thought that because god had called him he was never going to face any kind of challenge until he was exposed to the rude awakening of the realities of the people that god will use to a point that jeremiah said to god oh god you have deceived me and i was deceived because thou art mightier than i am they mock me they laugh at me i have become a daily duration and then he said then i said to myself i will not speak anymore in his name people of god the things that we go through in order to align with the purposes of god are very very serious things that there are times that you you feel like throwing in the towel and then quitting out of this job of teaching and preaching most people think that we enjoy the luxury of teaching it is a burden that has been put on us and it is the cross that god has given us but because we love him we are willing to bear that cross jacob a blessed man somebody who god had promised and even had prophesied concerning his life was not also exempted from this this demon of deception that after his father had pronounced blessings upon him this guy only in some few months and in some few years of his life ends up in the house of laban his uncle and joseph jacob realizes that deception was knocking at his door where he was working for seven solid years for a wife and at the end of the seventh year he was expecting to receive the one that he had worked for and another thing another person was given to him so there are the fact that you face deception doesn't mean that god is not on your side it is for a cause and then it is for a purpose and the pains and the regret of deception it's it's very very deep cutting and it's deep-seated whenever you are deceived you feel you feel so insulted that your intelligence has been insulted and your your cleverness has been trivialized deception now the bible says that in the latter times many shall be deceived and if care is not taken even the very elect of god will be deceived therefore the days will have to be shortened so the thing that can destroy the people of god is not even the devil or demons but a mystery called deception deception so we are going to be distributing this knowledge as an antidote and as a vaccination that must be injected into your spirit to ensure that you will be immune in these times of great deception because darkness is covering the surface of the earth and there is gross darkness 
swallowing up the people of God. But there are people that the light of God will arise on their lives and they will rise and shine. And I believe you are going to be part of these people who, of course, will not be in the darkness, but will be in the light. The Bible says that they that walk in darkness, they tremble and they that tremble, tremble in the night. But those who are of the light, they will not tremble for they will walk by the light. So it is going to take a timely word of God like this one that I'm about to share with you for it to serve as a lamp to your feet and for it to be a light that will guide your paths. Because if your light is not shining bright enough, the powers of darkness will soon swallow you up and there will be no hope for you at all. But I believe that is why God has called a clarion call and had gathered his faithful and his holy people on this noble platform. Deception. Deception. When I went through that deception, I, I asked God that, God, why? Why did you allow it to happen? But today you are going to benefit from, from the pain of my deception. Pain works in us so that health will be at work in others. When the strikes are being put at your back, it is for the healing of the others. The Bible says, so that by the knowledge of the righteous servant, many shall be justified. So you are going to be justified because we have suffered and you do not have to suffer anymore. And we are not ashamed of our sufferings in Christ Jesus. Paul advised Timothy that he should take his own share in the sufferings of the cross of Christ and he should do the work of a minister, not being ashamed of Christ. Because one thing we know is that if we share in his suffering and in his shame, we shall also share in his glory. Kingdom conceptualizations. Kingdom conceptualizations now let's begin with some introductory scriptures today i'm doing an introduction and from henceforth i'm going to be doing the teachings in 45 minutes sections i will break them in 45 45 minute sections because the things that i have to teach they are very lengthy and yet the times and the seasons require that i will also have to teach on other things so if i will be rushing that is why you will have the audio with you. You can listen over and over again, and then you can make notes out of that. Also, um, I'm going to be speaking more of the English language and then um, a, 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 a percentage of the Guinean language as well because of our international community because the Lord has notified me that very soon the access of the international community to the teachings that we do is going to manifest with immediate effect. So we wouldn't want that language barrier to be a thing of a problem. So to those of us who would love the tree language, we are going to have a challenge and then those who also understand only the English language, they are also going to have a challenge because at, at a point, I will also be speaking three. And the danger a war in these last days said don't wanna you better than woman nasana dano at the woman a becker or say you adia bakwa na paul is super i wanna grab him a yes i didn't know paul say dear mr woman say a biana or that down for no was so much now what that mama yeah juma ya yeninga na he says i fear least the tempter may have tempted you and the work 
that we have done will be in vain. So God knows that in these last days, whatever Jesus did on the cross to save your life can be in vain simply because you have been deceived. And God has sent me to prevent that in his body, which is the church. Let's look at some introductory scriptures. We are dealing with kingdom conceptualizations i will give you the definitions but let me begin to lay foundations for my teaching first second corinthians sorry second corinthians chapter 10 we will read verses 3 up to verse 5 second corinthians chapter 10 verses 3 up to verse 5 let's read for though we walk in the flesh we do not war after the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, before I will go on to read verse 5, Paul the apostle was writing to the believers in Corinth, and then he was admonishing them that even though we find ourselves having flesh and blood, even though we find ourselves in the physical realm, the warfare that we do and the battles that we fight, it is not on a platform of carnality, whereby you cannot contend with the forces of darkness being a natural person and being a carnal person. Carnality is not is not a state of sinfulness it's only a state of naturality whereby you are using your human senses anything that is sensual it is carnal so anything that can appeal to your senses your sense of seeing hearing tasting feeling all these things if that is the only thing that motivates your knowledge then you are a carnal person and the danger is that the bible says that the natural man or the carnal man cannot receive the things of the spirit so in these days where the powers of darkness are rising with deception as the tool in their hand you will not be able to receive solutions from god if you are a carnal person so the fact that you are a human you find yourself in a human body does not make you human we do not war after the flesh and then he talks about the weapons of our warfare but what are these weapons whenever we are talking about the weapons of the kingdom we are not talking about bullets and guns and then arrows and then missiles no god said you are my battle ass and you are my weapon of war so in the kingdom of god the weapons that god uses to fight the chiefest of those weapons are human beings human beings are the greatest weapon that God can ever use to achieve and to taste victory on the face of the earth. Without man's involvement, the victory of God will not be manifested in a practical experience upon the face of the earth. So if the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, this Paul and this apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, he had faced a lot of battles and challenges in his life and by the grace and the spirit of God that empowered him, he had been able to succumb the challenges and the mountains that stood before him. This guy was arrested, he was bound in chains and thrown in prison and he used a certain weapon to dismantle the gates of brass and to cut the bars of iron ascender. The weapon that he used was his words. The Bible says, and as Paul and Silas were singing and praising God, and they were praying, the chains were broken, and then their bands were loose, and the prison gates were open. So this guy knows about weapons that can overcome the gates of hell. And those weapons are not the weapons that you are thinking of those weapons are in another form and it is in a spiritual contest but what weapons are that 
let's read verse 5. He says, custom down. What he uses the weapons to do is that he uses the weapons to cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So what the apostle is trying to communicate here is that there are certain things that he calls strongholds. And I believe by now, through the effective teachings of the apostles and the prophets of God around the globe, we have come to realize that whenever we are dealing with strongholds, we are not dealing with family altars and ancestral covenants, no. Strongholds is what Paul have listed examples of in, the, in this chapter of the scripture. The things that are classified as strongholds are imaginations imaginations mental imagery mental pictures the the ideas that have been painted in your mind concerning god and even concerning the, the devil concerning the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness there are a lot of wrong images that have been given to the people of god that is not the image of god so this teaching is coming as as the catalyst to separate and to distinguish between the things that is not reflecting the image of our God and then his Christ. There are many things they have told you about God that when you look at the image of God, it cannot be found in the image of God. So my assignment is to cast down. And today I'm going to be making very controversial statements and I am going to come and defend those statements with scriptures. So every imagination that is supporting and sponsoring the mystery of deception. Because whenever the enemy wants to deceive you, he begins to work on your imagination. He begins to make you to see certain mental photographs. And as you are lured by that mystery of seduction, then he deceives you. So, Paul also mentions thoughts. There are certain things that you have been taught. And all those thoughts are deceptive thoughts. They are not the thoughts of God. God says, your thought is not my thought. So, any thought that you have been given that is not equivalent to the thought of God, you will have to sustain the intelligence of throwing it away as you will be exposed to the right thoughts here on this platform. There are many things that have been taught. There are thoughts that you have conceived that is not of God. And then he talks about every knowledge there is a lot of knowledge circulating around social media, circulating around churches, denominations, ministries, and religious bodies. All these people have a level of knowledge. But the problem is the knowledge may be knowledge, but it may not be the knowledge of God. Paul bears witness of the people of Israel in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, where he says, I bear Romans chapter 10, sorry, where he said that, Brethren, my desire and my prayer to God for Israel is this. I bear them witness and record that concerning zeal, they have zeal for God. But their worship is not according to knowledge. And they not knowing the way by which God set people right with himself, they have gone about to establish their own way. So there are certain knowledge that has been given to you that this is the way we worship God. You may be worshiping God, but that knowledge has to be scrutinized and we have to vet that knowledge, the quality of it and its originality. If that knowledge does not square up with the counsel of God that I'm about to share with you, you have to forego that knowledge because it is that knowledge that is what is going to destroy you and going to bring you into deception. 
And then he also talks about every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And then he says, we take all these things captive and we make it obedient unto Christ. So anything that does not is not represented in the confines of the Christ, the anointed king and his kingdom and its dominion, we will have to throw it away. Let's read the next verse. James chapter 1, let's read verse 18. James chapter 1, verse 18. I read. It says, Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruit of his creatures. Now, James, the apostle of Jesus, was writing, and then he was saying that we were begotten by the will of God. It was through the intentions and the desires of God that we were given birth to. And then he's, he makes a very important statement that the means by which we were born of God, he says, with the word of truth. So if your birth process was not through the word of truth, then you do not belong to God. But the question is, what is the word of truth? You can only be regarded as a child of God if only you were given birth to by the word of truth. So any kind of idea that has been sold to you and you are thinking that this is what God wants me to do and you are producing actions based on those ideas. If those ideas is not the truth, everything you are doing is a waste of time, energy and resources and a waste of your life. So we were born by the will of God, but he says with the word of truth. It will take the word of truth to immune you against deception. Next verse. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 15. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 15. And I read. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needed not to be ashamed. How do you do that? He says, rightly dividing the word of truth. So if you have to be born with what the Bible calls the word of truth before you are regarded as a child of God, then the question is, what is the word of truth? And if you are going to find out the word of truth, the book of Timothy is giving you the formula. He says that you have to study. It means any Christian, any child of God that is not a student of knowledge will be deceived in these last days. No matter the amount of prayer you pray, you are still going to be deceived. Because people perish not because of lack of prayer, but because of lack of knowledge. So if you are going to find the word of truth, then we are being admonished that we have to study to show ourselves an approved worker of God. Workman who needed not to be ashamed. And if you are not going to be put to shame, then it means you have the capacity to divide the word of truth. But it has to be done rightly. The fact that you have a Bible does not mean that anything that you are reading is the knowledge of God. It has to be rightly divided. Now let's read another scripture and then I give a few statements and we wrap it, we wrap it up on that note. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 20. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 20. Let me read what the Bible says. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation now the things that i'm about to teach you i am teaching them from a book that i received 
by the angel of the Lord. Years back, I had this vision, and in this vision, an angel of God came to me with two hefty books. And at the back of those books, one looked as if it has been written English pamphlet, and then the other one was having mathematical symbols at the back. So it seems to suggest that it was a mathematical book. And then the angel of the Lord will tell me that, son, you ought to now begin to emphasize on the things written in these books, for this is the focus of God in these last days. But these books are not referring to English um, pamphlets, and it's not referring to mathematical pamphlets as we study in the classroom when we go to school. The English pamphlet that the angel brought, it was containing the communication systems of the kingdom of God, that I have been given the knowledge to bring the people of God into a realm of understanding how to empower them to effectively be able to communicate with the realms of God and with the things of God. So the English language pamphlet, it was simply referring the book of the mysteries of communication. That you cannot be in touch with God effectively if you don't know and understand the mysteries that is shrouded in that book. The mass pamphlet that the angel brought, it was not a mathematical book. The Bible talks about how that we are to rightfully divide the word of truth. The Bible says, so there is division in the Bible. The Bible says, add to your faith knowledge, to knowledge add, so there is addition. And then the Bible says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of him. So there is multiplication. And then the Bible says, when he shall come, he shall divide the sheep from the goat. There is division. So that pamphlet was containing structures and systems and mysteries as to how we are to navigate our way through the difficulties and then the, the obscurity that surrounds God. Anything that makes God look like a mysterious God, there is a way to demystify God. God is not that mysterious as people are claiming that he is. Even if God is mysterious, the Bible says that there are those who are made custodians over the mysteries of God. So what is a mystery to somebody is not a mystery to another person because we have been brought into the things that we have seen. This is the record. We speak of the things that we have seen and that which our ears have heard and our hands have handled. That is what we testify unto you. So Jesus said, we teach and we preach what we do know. So I am not coming with some suggestions and with some guesswork and with some opinions of men. Everything that I'm going to be saying will be proven by scriptures. That is why I've read these verses to you. If we are rightly going to divide the word of truth, we will also have to use a sword of the spirit. That sword of the spirit, the Bible says, is the word of God. But today I will make some very serious statements about what people believe to be the word of God and it's not. And I am going to come back and defend those things with scriptures. So in these teachings, I will be allowing you people to ask as many questions as you want, because all those questions has to be addressed for you to get quality understanding that will help you effectively. The Bible is telling us that the prophecy is not saying prophecies. The entire Bible contains only one prophecy, not two, not three, not four. It contains only one prophecy. What is that prophecy? The coming of the king and his kingdom and its establishment. That is all. So the prophecy of the Bible has to do with the king, his kingdom, and the dominion of that kingdom. 
it being established forever and forever that is it i am repeating the prophecy that the bible contains is just one what is the prophecy this is the prophecy the prophecy has to do with the coming of the king and his kingdom and the dominion of that kingdom its establishment forever and forever that is the prophecy and then he goes on to tell you that this prophecy if you want to explain the mystery of this prophecy you are not entitled to do it with a private interpretation that is why the bible says that scripture must interpretate scripture it has to be line upon line and precept upon precepts so you are not at liberty to use your own ideas your own suggestions your own opinions your own traditions and your own cultural and your sociological understanding to explain the content in the bible most people have been given a lot of deceptive knowledge concerning god and all those knowledge were extracted from the bible the fact that something is coming from the bible does not make it the word of god and does not make it the truth so let me touch on this um big word and it's not a big word the, the word conceptualization is simply coming from the word the concepts okay but let me define for you what conceptualization is and also make some comments about the bible and then we will wrap it up on that note let's do that the reason why i am starting with the the bible is because almost everybody who is a follower of jesus christ has a bible or have come across a bible or has read the bible before and the bible has also been read to them every idea that people have about god they can all trace it back to the bible and yet all these things that they claim that they know about god they are all lies i'm going to prove all these things because the times of ignorance god has winked at and now he commands all men everywhere to repent that's what the scripture says so there was a time that god was tolerating ignorance he was tolerating deceitfulness but not this time around everybody ought to repent else your destruction will come through the deception so the reason why a lot of people cannot mature in the things of god and the reason why we cannot manifest the power of god is because every knowledge that we claim to know the greater percentage of it is deception what then is conceptualization please write these definitions down excuse me write these definitions down conceptualization conceptualization is defined as the principle of establishing laws the principle of establishing laws that create uniformity of approach the principle of establishing laws that create uniformity of approach as to how everything ought to be done i am repeating conceptualization is the principle of establishing laws that creates uniformity of approach as to how everything ought to be done second definition let me simplify it conceptualization is an established pattern an established pattern or procedure of doing things an established pattern or procedure of doing things that is what is called conceptualization so 
I will I will break them down when I come your way on Friday. But let me just give you the definitions. So everything that you believe is a product of the concepts that you have in your mind. And if those concepts are wrong, everything that you know is also wrong. It is like in the field of mathematics, because we are going to be doing spiritual arithmetics here. Because I'm teaching from those books. When the angel gave me the books, he says, eat them up. So, in the field of mathematics, the moment you fail to know the concepts of the formulas that is used to solve every mathematical equation, you cannot pass any mathematical examination. Your performance is determined by your understanding of the formulas and the methods in, the, in mathematics. So anybody who don't understand the formula, anybody who don't know and understand the concept of mass, they will always fail in that subject because it is worked out by formulas. So even when the Bible says work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, most Christians and most believers cannot do that. The Bible says, they that believe on me, the works that I do, shall they do also. Why are we not being able to do? Because these works, it has an accredited, established procedure. It has a predefined pattern that you must follow. You have to subscribe to these patterns, else you will get a wrong result. The Bible says they are ever learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. We keep reading and we keep learning, we keep going to church, listening to sermons, yet we do not know God. So, a lot of concepts in the form of patterns and certain procedures has been established in the minds of people. And those are the things that are called strongholds, and that is my first focus. I have to destroy these strongholds before I teach. Because these things I'm going to be teaching, they are going to be confronting the strongholds in your mind. And they are going to be fighting the ideas I will give. Because everything in your mind will tell you that the things I'm saying is not true. That is not what you were taught. That is not what the Bible says. That is not what your pastor said. And it may be true. Because maybe your pastor may not have said what God has said. So until these laws the moment you have a wrong concept all your results will be wrong it's like maths if you get the formula wrong your answer will definitely be wrong no two ways about that so i will begin to make some very very dangerous erroneous concepts that people have concerning the bible and i'll come and defend this statement with scriptures because the prophecy cannot be with a private interpretation everything that i am going to be teaching i will be teaching from your own bible but for the first time, you are going to begin to see things that you have not seen before. You will hear things that you have not heard before. And that is where the danger lies, where you will accuse Jesus that he is full of devils. Okay, so I'm going to give you nine, nine strategic concepts 
that are erroneous and yet the people of God are sustaining. Me baba bobo niyama mako mako enkunon eso. San niyama ni minase ebi wa wadjini mwa. O concept awo wo efe nyanko ponho ene nasem hono. Ni minaya wrong. I am saying this on authority by what the Spirit of God have said and what the scriptures have also confirmed. The Bible says, by the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every issue be established. Now, let me make those statements. And please take your time because I have promised you whatever question that will come on in your mind, I will come and answer it for you. And whatever difficulty you have, don't worry, you will have the chance to ask the questions. So don't leave the platform because of what I'm about to say now. Be patient enough. Number one, let me make some state, statements now. Wrong concepts about the Bible. Please write them down. Wrong concepts about the Bible. Now let's begin. Number one, the Bible is not the word of God. Write it down don't don't argue just just write them down when you have questions when you bring the questions we will deal with all those questions write it down number one the bible is not the word of god the moment you sustain the idea that the bible is the word notice i said there a definite article it's not the word of god number two the bible is not the way of god write it down the bible is not the way of god number three the bible is not the truth of god hmm. uh, already they are picking up stones now i repeat the bible is not the truth of god Number four, the Bible is not the life of God. Write it. The Bible is not the life of God. Number five, the Bible is not perfect and complete. The Bible is not perfect and complete. It is not. Write it. Number six, the Bible contains carnal ideas the bible contains carnal ideas write them number seven almost 90 percent of the bible's contents are concealed in secrets let me repeat almost 90 percent of the bible's contents are concealed the word concealed means hidden in secrets point eight the bible cannot be understood independently point eight the bible cannot be understood independently and number nine the bible is not god the bible is not god now all these statements that i've made these are concepts that people have in their mind and that is the reason why they keep reading the bible and yet they never know the word of god and they never know god the bible is not the word of god it's not the way of god it's not the truth of god it's not the life of god it is not perfect and it is not complete the bible contains carnal ideas the bible cannot be understood independently and the bible is not god now i will have to work very hard to uproot these strongholds in the minds of people because we are making the work of the holy spirit very very difficult for him 
the assignment that was given to him, he cannot fulfill it because we have limited God. And in these last days, it is going to take the now word of God to survive. So when next I come, I am coming to defend every statement that I have made with scriptures. And even what the scriptures is, I will explain to you what the scriptures is and what the scriptures isn't. So we are going to be dealing with the concepts of God, the concept of the kingdom of God. Because in this kingdom, there are many concepts that is directly opposite to the concept that we sustain in our minds. So whilst God is talking about A, we are already thinking he's talking about C. The reason why we cannot understand God is not because God cannot be understood. It's because you don't know the formula by which we use to understand God. God will never suggest something that is not possible. He said, let he that boast, boast in this, that he both knoweth and understandeth I, the Lord. God can be understood and God is understood by certain people. God don't want to continue to remain mysterious and an ununderstandable God. The Holy Spirit said to me that, what creates misunderstanding is this disagreement in definitions of concepts write it down please disagreement in definitions of concepts this is what produces misunderstanding so if the concepts that god has is different from the concepts that you have you can never understand god so already, when you are having concepts established in your mind, and it is guiding the procedure by which you operate, and those concepts is not the concept of God, you have already programmed yourself that you will never understand the Bible, and you will never understand the Word of God, and you will never know God. But in these last days, your survival and your health is dependent on your knowledge of God. The Bible says, but the people that do know their God, not the people who know the Bible, the people that do know their God, they shall be strong and they shall do exploits. Meaning, if you do not know him, you will not be strong and you cannot do exploits. And lack of that knowledge, you will perish. It is in the book of Jeremiah that God said, because you have rejected knowledge, I will also reject you and you will not be a minister unto me. Your availability is not enough. Your willingness to want to represent God is not enough. I have learned this lesson in a hard way. Sincerity and having good intentions of wanting to help people is not enough. It is actually your sincerity and your good intentions that is what will destroy your life. The Bible says, The labor of the fool wearied every one of them, for he knoweth not how to go into the city. All this while we've been talking about cities. Oh, we will go to the holy city. And yet Jesus will come and then he say, You, 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 you are the city of the living God. So how do you go into a city that you yourself, you are that city? Concepts. Kingdom conceptualizations. So every concept that is not pro produced or proceeding from the kingdom concepts that I am going to be distributing and sharing with you on this platform. If you do not have these concepts, trust me, you don't know God and you don't understand him. So there are many things that if I ask you who is God, you will tell me. And almost everything you will tell me is something that you read from the Bible, something that somebody preached to you, something that somebody told you about God. But if God you ask you, let's put all those things aside. You yourself, who do you say that I am? What will you say? 
apart from the Bible, what else do you know about God? So, the mystery of deception is going to be the greatest tool that will be used to destroy the saints of God. And God has commanded us to teach these things. Some will believe, some will not believe. And there are very hard truths that I'm going to be declaring. I will not hide them from you. I will declare them plainly. Those that will leave can leave, but those that will stay, let them stay. Jesus said, except you eat my flesh and you drink my blood, you cannot have life. And the, the people left him because they, have, they had scriptures. They had Bibles. So they left. They said, to hell with you. Who, who the hell do you think you are? But beloved, there are things that when you hear, you have to take your time. Be patient. Don't be angry. You see, the problem with us is whenever we hear certain things, instead of us to analyze it logically and then think through it, we respond with emotions. In this kingdom, truth is only realized through discernment and then reasoning and then emotion. So you have to discern first before you reason. Don't reason before you discern. So, we are going to be dealing with the great book that we all have been regulated by. And don't get me wrong. You don't believe more in the Bible than I do. I, I believe in the Bible even more than you do. So, when I make this statement, it doesn't mean that I don't believe in the Bible or I'm saying the Bible is a bad book or the content in the Bible is not good. No. Wait until I will come and tell you what the Bible is. Because if I have told you things that the Bible are not, I am also supposed to tell you what the Bible is. So I sum up on that note. Conceptualization. Let me give you the definition again. I said... The principle of establishing laws that create uniformity of approach as to how everything ought to be done. Again, an established pattern or procedure of doing things. That is what we call conceptualization. And then I said, all our concepts are derived from the Bible. And I was telling you things that the Bible is not. Let me run through again. Number one, I said the Bible is not the word of God. Number two, the Bible is not the way of God. Number three, the Bible is not the truth of God. Number four, the Bible is not the life of God. Number five, the Bible is not perfect and it is not complete. Number six, the Bible contains carnal ideas. Number seven, almost 90% of the Bible's contents are concealed in secret. Number eight, the Bible cannot be understood independently. And number nine, the Bible is not God. I end it on this note. The next teachings that I'm going to be doing will be 45, 45, 45. Take your time and digest this. I've done this in one whole hour. If God wills, you will hear my voice again come Friday. My name remains Shepherd Gideon and this has been the Global Online Kingdom Network powered by the Reconciled Kingdoms International. I love you all and until I come your way again, peace and bye-bye.